Chapter Twenty of the Fortunate Foundlings by Eliza Haywood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter Twenty: The Treachery of a Russian Lady to Her Friend, Her Passion for Horatio, The Method He Took to Avoid Making Any Return, and Some Other Entertaining Occurrences. It is easy to believe that Horatio, though relieved from the extremity of misery he suffered while in the dungeon, was far from being able to content himself with his present condition a thousand times he reproached himself for pursuing the dictates of a glory which now seemed so tyrannic have i cried he hazarded the eternal displeasure of the best of men refused the invitation of the adorable charlotta slighted the condescensions of her father been deaf both to interest and love to become a prisoner to the worst of barbarians who now will pity me or if they yet would be so good how shall i acquaint them with my wretched fate nay were there even a possibility of that what would the compassion of the whole world avail since a slave to those who contrary to the law of nations and even common humanity refuse on any terms to release the wretches fallen into their savage power in this manner did he bewail himself night and day and indeed had but two just reasons for doing so he had heard that the last time the czar had been at petersburg he had sent all the prisoners he had taken to siberia and other provinces of the great tartary where they were compelled without any distinction to do the work of horses rather than men and doubted not but his next return all those now in his power would meet the same fate though the generous king of sweden had sent back the muscovites he had taken by fifteen hundred and two thousand at a time this however may be said in favour of the czar that by the many attempts he made to civilise his barbarous subjects it must be supposed he would have been glad to have imitated this generosity had it been confident with his safety but the case had this difference charles the twelfth feared not the number of the muscovites but the czar feared the courage of the swedes what also increased the affliction of these gentlemen was that being debarred from all intelligence they could hear nothing of their king whom each of them loved with a kind of filial affection and duty horatio and two others had been witnesses of the extreme danger in which they left him and though at the time they were seized he had killed thirteen or fourteen muscovites with his own hand and they perceived general dardoff had come up to his relief yet they could not be certain of his safety till at length the sweet-conditioned idella perceiving the despair they were in on this account informed them that his majesty was not only well but as successful as ever that he had passed far into ukrainia had defeated the muscovites in five battles and so far reduced the czar that he had condescended to make some overtures of peace which having been rejected it was the common opinion that in a very short time the swedes would enter moscow and become arbiters of russia as they had been of poland adequate to their late grief was their satisfaction at this joyful news horatio was transported above his companions and threw himself at the feet of the fair intelligencer but she desired they would all of them moderate their contentment so far as to hinder the guards who had the care of them from perceiving it because said she it might not only draw on yourself worse treatment but also render me suspected of being against the interest of the court on which my fate has reduced me to become dependent 
horatio as well as the others assured her he would take care to manage the felicity she had bestowed upon them so as not to be in any way prejudicial to her and she took her leave promising to be with them again in a few days and bring them further information a courier from the camp she said being expected every hour but while this compassionate lady was pleasing herself by giving all the ease in her power to the distressed the cruel matakesa was plotting her destruction she had several of her kindred and a great many acquaintance in the army who were in considerable posts to all of whom she exclaimed against the loose behaviour as she termed it of idella and represented her charities to the prisoners as the effects of a wanton inclination this she doubted not but would come to prince menzikoff's ears and perhaps incense him enough to cause her to be privately made away with for as she imagined nothing less than the most amorous intercourse between her and horatio she thought it unadvisable to declare the passion she had for him till a rival so formidable by the advantages she had over her in youth and beauty should be removed this base woman therefore impatiently waited the arrival of the next courier to find how far her stratagem had succeeded and the moment she heard he had delivered the dispatches flew to the apartment of idella in hopes of being informed of what she so much desired to know she was not altogether deceived in her expectations she found that lady drowned in tears with a letter lying open before her and on her inquiring with a show of the utmost concern the motives of her grief the other who looked on her as her real friend replied alas matakesa i have cruel enemies i cannot guess for what cause for willingly i never gave offence to any one but see continued she how barbarously they have abused my innocence and represented actions which heaven knows were influenced only by charity and compassion as the worst of crimes with these words she gave her the letter which she had just received from the prince matikesa took it with greedy pleasure and found it contained these words to idella madam i left you in a place furnished as i thought with everything necessary for your satisfaction but i find i was mistaken in your constitution and that there was something wanting which rather than not possess you must have recourse to a prison to procure ungrateful as you are to the affection i have treated you with i am sorry for your ill conduct and could wish you had been at least more private in your amours few men but would have sent an order for removing you and the persons for whose sake you have made these false steps into a place where you would have cause to curse the fatal inclination that seduced you think therefore how much you owe a prince who instead of punishing your faults contents himself with letting you know he is not ignorant of them if you make the right use of the lenity i show on this occasion you may perhaps retrieve some part of the influence you once had over me but see the swedish prisoners no more if you hope or desire ever to see me menzikoff matakesa affected the greatest astonishment on having read the letter and after having cursed the persons that put such vile suspicions into the prince's head asked her what she intended to do what can i do answered the sorrowful idella but write to my lord all the assurances that words can give him which heaven knows i can truly do that i never wronged him even in wish or thought 
and that since there are people so cruel to misinterpret to my dishonour what was nothing more than mere charity to obey his commands with the utmost punctuality and never set my foot into that prison more her false friend could not but applaud her resolution yet told her it was pity that ill tongues should deprive those unfortunate gentlemen of the relief she had hitherto afforded them or herself of the pleasure she took in their conversation as for the first said idella heaven may perhaps raise them other friends more capable of lifting them and as to the other were it infinitely greater it would be my inclination as it is my duty to sacrifice everything to the will of a prince whom i love and to whom i am so much obliged matakesa having thus compared her design so far as to be under no apprehensions of being interrupted by her imagined rival though she had rather she had been poisoned or strangled went directly to the prison and told the gentlemen it was with the utmost concern she must acquaint them that idella would never visit them any more nor continue the weekly pension she had hitherto allowed them those among them who understood her and the others to whom horatio interpreted what she said looked upon one another with a great deal of consternation as imagining one of them had done something to offend her and thereby the rest were thought unworthy of her favours every one endeavoured to clear himself of what he easily saw his companions suspected him guilty of till matakesa with a scornful smile told them that it was not owing to the behaviour of any of them but to idella's own inconstant disposition that they owed the withdrawing of her bounty but to console them for the loss of it she promised to speak to some of her friends in their behalf and also to contribute something herself towards alleviating their misfortunes but added she i am not the mistress of a prince and first favourite so have it not in my power to act as the generosity of my nature inclines me to do she stayed with them a considerable time and entertained them with little else than railing on idella and to make her appear as odious and contemptible as she could do to horatio insinuated that it was for the sake of a young needy favourite she had been obliged to withdraw the allowance they had from her on taking leave she found means to slip a little billet into horatio's hands unperceived by any of the company which as soon as he had a convenient opportunity he opened and found these words in french to the agreeable horatio sir though i have not perhaps so much beauty as adela i have twice her sincerity and not many years older such as i am however i fancy you will think a correspondence with me of too much advantage to be refused if you will counterfeit an indisposition to-morrow i will out of excessive charity visit you and bring you a refreshment i flatter myself will not be disagreeable to a man in your circumstances farewell be secret and love as well as you can yours matakesa of all the accidents that had befallen horatio since his leaving england none ever so much surprised him as the prodigious impudence of this lady he had heard talk of such adventures but never till now believed there could be any such thing in nature as a woman that offered herself in this manner 
without the least solicitation from the person on whom she wished to lavish what ought only to be the reward of an approved or at least a show of the most violent passion the dilemma he was now in to behave was also equal to his astonishment had she been the most lovely of her sex as she was very much the reverse the ever-present idea of his dear charlotta would have defended his heart from the invasion of any other charms but he needed not that pre-engagement to make him look with detestation on a woman of matacasa's principles when he reflected on what she had said concerning Adela, he found her base censorious and unjust and when he considered the manner in which she proceeded in regard to himself he saw a lewdness and audacity which rendered her doubly odious to him he doubted not but she was wicked and subtle enough to contrive some means of revenging herself in case she met with a disappointment in her wishes yet had too great an abhorrence to be able to entertain one thought of gratifying them as he was young and unexperienced in the world he would have been glad of some advice how to act so as not to incur her resentment yet avoid her love but the strict notions he had of honour remonstrated to him that he ought not to betray a secret of that nature though confided in him by an ill woman her baseness cried he to himself would be no excuse for mine and it is better for me to risk whatever her malice may inflict than forfeit my character by exposing a woman who pretends to love me these thoughts kept him waking the whole night and his restlessness being observed by an old swedish officer who lay with him he was very much importuned by him to discover to him the occasion horatio defended himself for a good while by the considerations before recited but at length reflecting that the person who was so desirous of being let into the secret had a great deal of discretion he at length suffered himself to be prevailed upon and told him what matacasa had wrote to him for he did not understand a word of french so could not read the letter this officer no sooner heard the story than he laughed heartily at the scruples of horatio in thinking himself bound to conceal an affair of this nature with a woman of the character matacasa must needs be he also rallied his delicacy as he termed it in hesitating one moment whether he should gratify the lady's inclinations one would imagine said he that so long a fall from love as we have had should render our appetites more keen what though matacasa be neither handsome nor very young she is a woman and amorous and methinks there should need no other excitements to a young man like you horatio though naturally gay was not at present in a disposition to continue this raillery and told his friend he looked on this inclination of matacasa to be as great a misfortune as could happen to them for said he as it is wholly out of my power to make her any returns that violence of temper which has transported her to forget the modesty of her sex will probably when she finds herself rejected make her as easily throw off all the softness of it and you may all feel the effects of that revenge she will endeavour to take on me the other was entirely of his opinion and they both agreed that some way ought to be thought on to avert the storm her resentment might in all probability occasion after many fruitless inventions they at last hit upon one which had a prospect of success they had in their company a gentleman called mullern nephew to chancellor mullern who had attended the king in all his wars he was handsome 
well made and his age though much superior to that of horatio yet was not so far advanced as to render him disagreeable to the fair sex he was of a more than ordinary sanguine disposition and had often said of all the hardships their captivity had inflicted on them he felt none so severely as being deprived of a free conversation with women in the ravages the king of sweden's arms had made to lithuania saxony and poland he was sure to secure to himself three or four of the finest women and though he had been often checked by his uncle and even by the king himself for giving too great a loose to his amorous inclinations yet all their admonitions were too weak to restrain the impetuosity of his desires this way to him therefore they resolved to communicate the affair and as he was in other respects the most proper object among them to succeed in supplanting horatio so he was also by being perfectly well versed in the french language which the rest were ignorant of accordingly they told him what had happened showed him the letter and how willing horatio would be to transfer all the interest he had in this lady to him if he could by any means ingratiate himself into her favour mullen was transported at the idea and the stratagem contrived among them for this purpose was executed in the following manner matikesa was punctual to her promise she had made in her letter and when she came into the room where she usually found the gentlemen all together it being that where they dined and saw not horatio she doubted not but he had observed her directions and pretended himself indisposed so asked for him expecting to be told that he was ill but when they answered that he was gone with one of the keepers to the top of the round tower in order to satisfy his curiosity in taking a view of the town she was confounded beyond expression and could not imagine what had occasioned him to slight an assignation she had flattered herself he would receive with ecstasy as she was in a little reverie endeavouring to comprehend if possible the motive of so manifest a neglect mullern drew near to her and beginning to speak of the beauties of that fine city which the czar had erected in the midst of war he told her that having a little skill in drawing he had ventured to make a little sketch of it in chalk on the walls of the room where he lay and entreated her in the most gallant manner to look upon it and give him her opinion how far he had done justice to an edifice so much admired it cannot be supposed that matikesa had in her soul any curiosity to see a work of this nature yet to hide as much as she could the disorder she was in at her disappointment gave him her hand in order to be conducted to that place where he pretended to have been exercising his genius as soon as they were entered he threw the door as if by incident which having a spring lock immediately was made fast she either did not or seemed not to regard what he had done but casting her eyes round the room and seeing nothing of what he had mentioned where is this drawing cried she in my heart adorable matakesa answered he falling at her feet at the same time it is not the city of petersburg but the charming image of its brightest ornament that the god of love has engraven on my heart in characters too indelible ever to be erased from the first moment i beheld those eyes my soul has been on fire and i must have consumed with inward burnings had i not revealed my flame pardon continued he the boldness of a passion which knows no bounds 
and though i may not be so worthy of your love as the too happy horatio i am certainly not less deserving of your pity surprise and perhaps a mixture of secret satisfaction prevented her from interrupting him during the first part of his discourse but rage at the mention of horatio forced from her this exclamation has the villain then betrayed me cried she no madam replied he justice obliges me to acquit him though my rival he had the misfortune in putting your billet into his pocket to let it fall i took it up unseen by him opened it read it and must confess that all my generosity to my friend was wholly swallowed up in my passion for you i returned not to him that kind declaration you were pleased to make him and he is ignorant of the blessing you intended for him if the crime i have been guilty of seems unpardonable in your eyes command my death i will instantly obey you for life would be a torment under your displeasure and if in my last moments you vouchsafe some part of that softness to the occasion of my fate that you so lavishly bestowed on the fortunate horatio i will bless the lovely mouth that dooms me to destruction he pronounced all this with an emphasis which made her not doubt the power of her charms and surveying him while he was speaking found enough in his person to compensate for the disappointment she had met with from horatio besides she reflected that if what he had told her concerning the dropping the letter was a fiction it was however an ingenious one and showed his wit as well as love in bringing both himself and friend off in so handsome a manner she was infatuated with the praises he gave her the pathetic expressions he made use of assured her of the ardency of his desires and as she could not be certain of being able to inspire horatio with the same she wisely chose to accept the present offer rather than wait for what might perhaps at last deceive her expectations she made however no immediate answer but her eyes told him she was far from being displeased with what he had said and gave him courage to take up one of her hands and kiss it with an eagerness which confirmed his protestations at last well mullen said she looking languishingly on him since chance has made you acquainted with my foible i think i must bribe you to secrecy by forgiving the liberties you take with me and if i were convinced you really love me as well as you pretend might indulge you yet further an unaccountable caprice indeed swayed me in favour of horatio but i am now half inclinable to believe you are more deserving my regard but rise continued she i will hear nothing from you while in that posture mullen who was no less bold in love than war immediately obeyed her and testified his gratitude for her condescension by giving a sudden spring and snatching her to his breast pressed her in so arduous a manner that she would have been incapable of resisting even though she had an inclination to do so but she no less transported than himself returned endearment for endearment and not only permitted but assisted all his raptures absolutely forgot horatio as well as all sense of her own shame and yielded him a full enjoyment without even an affectation of repugnance both parties in fine were perfectly satisfied with each other 
and having mutually sworn a thousand oaths of fidelity which neither of them it is probable had any intention to keep mullern took upon himself the care of continuing to entertain her in private as often as she came to the prison and in return she made him a present of a purse of gold after which they passed into the outer room to prevent censures on their staying too long together on their return they found horatio with the other gentlemen abandoned as matacasa was she could not keep herself from blushing a little at sight of him but soon recovering herself by the help of her natural audacity well horatio said she what do you think of the little french epigram i put into your hands yesterday has it not a very agreeable point horatio had such an aversion to all kind of deceit that even here where it was so necessary he could not without some hesitation answer to what she said in these words some accident or other cried he deprived me of the pleasure you were so good as to intend me for when i put my hand in my pocket thinking to read it i, I perceived i was so unhappy as to have lost it i, I looked for it in vain it was irrecoverably gone and i am an utter stranger to the contents and ever shall be so replied she tartly only to punish your carelessness of a lady's favour know that it was a piece of wit which would have been highly agreeable to you but don't expect i shall take the pains to write it over again or even to tell you the subject on which it turned horatio coolly said he could not but confess he had been to blame and must therefore allow the justice of her proceeding as none present beside himself his bedfellow and mullern knew the truth of the affair what passed between them was taken by the others as literally spoken and little suspected to couch the mystery it really did mullern after this by the assistance of horatio and the old officer had frequent opportunities of gratifying his own and the amorous matacasa's desires the testimonies she gave him how well she was pleased with his conversation were for the common good of his companions horatio was easy in finding himself out of all danger of any solicitations he was determined never to acquiesce in and those three who were in the secret passed their time pleasantly enough whenever they had an opportunity of talking on this adventure without any of the others being witnesses of what they said End of chapter twenty